Hello, I'm Neil Grant and you're listening to the Vocation Cast, a work search resource that shows you how to completely transform your professional future. If you're looking for an employed position with a private sector organisation and you're open to some fresh ideas that will propel you into the A-League of job seekers, you'll find plenty to get excited about here. In each episode, I present a range of work search strategies that are lifted straight from my Vocation Master Programme. Now, you can forget about a traditional approach, because what you get here is a total reimagination of what's possible. It's job hunting on steroids. You'll be learning a little theory and developing a lot of practical skills over the coming weeks and months. If you want to get ahead of the curve, there's a quick and easy solution. Visit vocationmaster.com where you can gain immediate access to my free Job Interview Secrets video course. You get three hours of information, advice and action plans that go straight to the heart of my advanced job interview strategy. I used to charge $99 for this material, but I'm now making it available to you without any charge whatsoever to say thanks for showing interest in what I do and as an insight into how I work. So just go to vocationmaster.com for free and immediate access. Doing the wrong work manifests itself in many different ways, but the root causes essentially boil down to choosing a job that doesn't align with your core values, practical needs or individual skill sets. Doing the wrong work is bad for you at every level and can easily lead to burnout, one of the most damaging effects of making a poor work choice. In today's episode, I want to think about the nature of burnout, plus the associated ailment of fade away, a lighter version of burnout, to put it simply. I'll assess their effects before drawing some conclusions about the serious problems associated with doing wrong work, which often becomes apparent if burnout or fade away affect you. So to start with... What is burnout? Many people are painfully and very personally familiar with this debilitating condition. Others band the phrase around, using it to loosely describe their reactions to stressful experiences at work or general difficulties in life. After all, who hasn't got embroiled in an arduous work project or been consumed by a tricky personal situation and exclaimed, I'm totally burned out. We might know what we mean by this throwaway line, but without wishing to trivialise anyone's reactions to necessarily subjective experiences, it's worth thinking about the experts' line on burnout. Let's begin with a few definitions so that we're all on the same page. A good place to start is with the Maslach Burnout Inventory, 
a measure of workplace burnout, which is widely used in research studies around the world. It was devised by Christina Maslach, a psychologist at University of California, Berkeley, who's gone on to become an acknowledged authority on the subject. The inventory identifies three components of burnout. First, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Second, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativity or cynicism about work. Third, reduced professional efficacy. Importantly, burnout is recognised as an occupational phenomenon rather than being classified as a medical condition. Personal burnout, a form of mental breakdown, is one thing, but my interest is with the professional variety, as I'm sure you understand. The World Health Organization recognises burnout as a symptom of chronic workplace stress that hasn't been successfully managed. Note use of the word chronic, indicating that the stressful situation is persistent, rather than acute stress, which is short-lived. Everyone experiences spikes of stress during especially busy times at work or because of a highly pressured yet temporary part of most jobs. This is not what I'm talking about here. So remember that I'm only focusing on chronic and unmanaged workplace stress here in this episode. The Maslach Burnout Inventory indicates that burnout is at one end of a range of experiences, the opposing pole being categorised as engagement. You might recall that latter word from an earlier vocation cast when I spoke about workplace disengagement as identified by the Gallup State of the Global Workplace Survey. I should emphasise that engagement within the context of burnout is used slightly differently to the Gallup one, particularly with regard to definitions and research methodologies. I'll be giving you some statistics in a moment, and this explains differences in engagement data. What's clear, without any reasonable doubt, is that burnout is directly correlated to workplace disengagement. Burned out workers score highly on this measure, as you might imagine. On the other hand, you're much more likely to be positively engaged with your work if you're not feeling burned out. Burnout and positive engagement sit at opposite ends of a sliding scale and you may shift one way or another from time to time, depending on your circumstances at work or outside it. Most people occupy the central ground, which brings me to the concept of fadeaway. Now, this isn't an official term, but one that I think is useful as a broad term to describe a middle position between the polarities of burnout and engagement. According to Maslach Burnout Inventory Research Metrics, it's estimated that 10-15% to 15 of workers slot into the full-on burnout category at any given time. 
20 to 30 percent are reckoned to be engaged in the sense that they don't exhibit significant evidence of burnout. Over half of all workers lie somewhere in the middle. They're not burned out, but they're possibly heading in that direction unless they take decisive steps to create a workplace safety zone. This is what I mean by fade away. Anyone who's interested in delving deep into this subject will find plenty of online resources to investigate, but for the sake of simplicity, just think in terms of three stages of workplace experience. Engaged with work, fading away, burned out. In summary, the more acutely you feel exhaustion, cynicism or reduced efficacy at work, the greater the chances you're sliding towards burnout. This is a serious condition. If it hits you hard, your options essentially come down to altering the way you do your job, taking time away from your responsibilities, or even removing yourself totally from a toxic work environment. I truly sympathise with anyone who finds themselves in this bad situation. The silver lining to the black cloud is that burnout is frequently the catalyst for major changes in the way you deal with work issues. And that's where my job search strategy is heading. Fade away is in a different category to full-on burnout because it doesn't usually trigger the same chronic responses. It may be less urgent to deal with due to the fact that it tends to creep up on you, which often makes it easier to live with, but this makes it no less dangerous. Fade away is given far too little attention in my opinion, particularly when you consider that Statistically, the majority of workers are at risk of slipping into this negative state. It's a critical aspect of workplace experience, not only because of the serious impact upon many people's effectiveness in their jobs, but also because it's much easier to make changes to your working situation if you sense fade away encroaching rather than when full-blown burnout hits you like a train. So let's consider what fadeaway looks and feels like, so that you can judge for yourself whether you're a sufferer or not. It's tempting to use the Maslach burnout inventory as a reference point, given its authoritative position on the issue, but we need to be careful not to jump to conclusions too quickly. Fade away isn't simply a mild version of burnout, although there are clearly common traits. Fade away is one of those things that we all label in our own way. It's that Monday morning feeling. Thank goodness it's Friday. Too much month left until the end of the money. We're all working for an incompetent boss. I'm sure you've come across many more maxims which all describe pretty much the same thing. Fadeaway is typically characterised by a general dissatisfaction with your lot, 
uh, frustration about the way things are done in your workplace or an unspecific yet insidious feeling that things aren't quite right with some part of your job. If you commonly feel these sort of nagging doubts that you know that you're only going to work for the money or you lack the sort of enthusiasm that you felt when you started out, you're almost certainly fading away. As a companion piece to the Maslach burnout inventory, the eponymous Christina Maslach, who I mentioned earlier, in conjunction with Michael Later of Arcadia University, conducted research into ancillary aspects of burnout and which closely reflect my idea of fadeaway. The Areas of Work Life model identifies six aspects of workplace experience which sit squarely in the pre-burnout danger zone. Several of these might best be blamed on the way your employer chooses to organise their workflows and workspaces. Workload is the first of the model's items. Community is the next, describing the way you engage with your colleagues and clients. Fairness is another, reflecting the equitable treatment you should expect to receive. Too much work on your plate, disagreeable associates and not getting a fair rub of the green are all understandable factors in feeling despondent about your job. But it's the next three aspects of work that are the most intriguing ones in the context of fadeaway. A perceived lack of control comes at the top of the pile. If you feel that other people are pulling the strings, that you're not being given enough autonomy over your work decisions, or that you're forced to react to events that are outside your control, it can quickly grind you down. This is the essence of fadeaway. Next up comes insufficient reward for what you do. You may or may not be paid well, or otherwise extrinsically rewarded in a reasonable way. But if you feel that you aren't intrinsically appreciated for your efforts and contributions, you'll rapidly get demotivated. Failure to be rewarded at a core level is another major contributor to fade away. The final item on the areas of work-life model is a mismatch of values. Some organisations have a formal mission statement which declares their grand purpose. Even if they don't, every business displays their ideals through actions and policies. If you're in conflict with these aims, particularly if the top managers espouse ideals that you disagree with, you'll possibly be heading for a fadeaway situation. You're significantly more likely to suffer from fadeaway if you work for a bad employer in the sense that they impose excessive workload targets, do too little to mitigate internal conflicts, and allow a culture of unfairness to fester. You can multiply the likelihood of fadeaway if incompatible values, poor rewards, or an absence of acceptable control are also involved. Good employers aren't exempt, 
But if they engender humane work practices which counter these various failings, they make fadeaway much less prevalent amongst their workforces. The solution is to create a kind of safety belt, a protective force field surrounding your work, which all but eliminates the possibility of burning out or fading away, let alone slipping into disengagement of any kind. The best way of doing this is twofold. First and foremost, and this is at a primal level, you must know that you're in control of every choice you make about your work. You have to identify and join employers who reflect both your worldview and your work view. You need to be the driver of your career, not the passenger who's along for the ride. You have to be the traveller who decides the routes and any deviations along the way, and of course the person who chooses the final destination. This is the foundation of agency over your working life, and a pillar of everything I do with Vocation Master. Second, and at a more practical level, you should take every effort to find a job in which your day-to-day -day activities reflect your core values and allow you to do meaningful, fulfilling work. It must also exploit your highest level skills and let you work to your strengths as comprehensively as possible. Your perfect choice of work should offer you, in theory at least, the potential to become an authority or expert within your field and ideally allow you to mentor others who follow in your footsteps. There's much more about implementing these things coming up in forthcoming episodes. Now before I go, a mention for the next vocation cast which looks at the reasons that work is getting worse for most of us and this includes things that go a lot further than burnout or fade away. It's a challenging idea for some people, but one I think you should think about and could be the motivating factor you need to reappraise your career planning. If you prefer to watch training materials rather than listen to them, all of these episodes are available in video format. Just go to YouTube and Search for Vocation Master. And once more, don't forget to check out my free Job Interview Secrets mini course. Really will supercharge your chances of job hunting success. OK, well, thanks for being with me and I'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now.